right, welcome back to the latest and the greatest of the Blue Brothers Sportscast. Real talk, real fans, we bring you Michigan football each and every week. I am Caleb, and with me as always is Craig. And uh, Craig, real quick, kind of before we jump into everything, you were at the game, kind of some quick reactions without going into, like, detail of the performance. (laughs) Well, uh, I will say... Very, very, very wet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll say this, though. It was a kind of storm. I got there about uh, about 6.30-ish, quarter to 7. And it was like I've never seen a storm like that in my life. And as soon as I was getting ready to on Main Street and I'm heading down, there was like downpour rain and there was lightning and then when I was trying to figure out where I'm going to park, you know, it started hailing. And I went, how in the world are we going to play in this weather? This is no, And there's still people walking to the stadium. I'm like, you people are diehard fans, man. And I seriously, I was like, I don't know how this is going to happen. Then I was, and, you know, I'm trying to figure, I'm just trying to look at the Jumbotron. There's like one right out, Chrysler. And it was saying something about the delay in the game, and I said, "Okay, that makes sense." And it was about an hour. It, w- it was at eight forty-five, and then it shot down to eight thirty. So, so about an hour and a half rain delay. So, or an hour, about an hour rain delay. So, yeah, it was really, really wet. In fact, I was like, "There's no way in the world if this keeps up, this game's going." There's no way. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was I was thinking about that, and I mean, of course, you know, I always want to be at all the games, but that was kind of one of those things where I'm watching it, and I'm like, ugh, yuck, yeah. it's gross out there. I saw that the kind of official end time of the game was 11.39, so that was uh, pretty late. Yeah, left a little bit earlier because I knew we had it in hand, but uh, yeah, I was like, I got home about quarter to one, so around that time, so yeah, it was late night, late game, but... You know, and I have to say, though, I'm glad they pushed it back because it did, you know, rain a little bit. It it wasn't as bad as it looked on TV and the cameras. So, and then it cleared up and actually been, it was actually a pretty good game to watch. So it wasn't really downpouring at all. It was drizzling a little bit, but that was about it. So it was actually a really good game. I mean, we didn't, it didn't really rain as much. So Nice. Good. Man, quarter one, that's pretty late. I thought uh, senior centers had, like, curfews and stuff like that. (laughs) Yeah, I know, man. I know. I was with my dad, and, you know, he's yawning, and I said, man, this is way past our bedtime. (laughs) It's like, whoa. Yeah, exactly. Us old people, yep. I know. Yeah, well, I mean, even the the typical night game, I mean, I think uh, it escapes me when the other night games started for Michigan, um, the -hmm. other home ones. But I feel like they were 730. Man, maybe they were 830. Well, you know what? I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, and I'm and my, you know, my family like to go to these. We like to go at least one with my, you know, my two brothers and my dad. So we like, and sometimes my mom, and we like to make it a family thing, which is great. We do it every year. But man, this year, we finally said, you know what? No more of this November games. <laughs> we went to the last game in the Indiana, the Indiana game, and what did that do? That was up. A snowstorm. We didn't get to see much, and this game, this happens. I said, "That's it." I, you know, I don't care if we play Air Force next year. I don't care. Non non conference, I'm fine. But this was, I'm sick of this, man. No more November games. I'm I'm done. I'm done. That's it. No more night games either. I'm done. So, well, I have yet to do the official night game, so we'll see where I land on that. But uh, do want to keep moving along because plenty to talk about. Plenty oh, yeah. to get to, as well as we have uh, voice uh, voicemails from three different callers. So uh, we'll kick things off with that and uh, get going here with uh, taking the voicemails. And here we go. Hey, guys. This is Ray calling from Tampa. Uh, just watched the game for a second time. All in all, very happy. Michigan won. Defense has some things to fix, but overall it was a very great out for the guys. Uh, offensive line definitely opened up some holes, done a lot better the last two games in the run game. There are some things in 
the passing game that we need to fix. Uh, Peters, he was 8 of 13, but really didn't need to throw the ball because Evans and Higdon were just doing everything that they needed to do and just getting big yards all over the place. Um, the secondary, no, we came in the season a little shoddy, but that's still a little, little bit of work, uh, for what I saw. Um, just seems like we're slow on the back end in the secondary. Maybe not at the starting corner positions, but definitely when we're putting Canal and, uh, Metellus, uh, one-on-one situations, they seem to be getting burnt. So, you know, we may need to look at that a little bit more. Um, offensive lines, uh, Cesar Ruiz, uh, missed the block and Peters got smashed on it. Um, outside of that, the defense and the offensive line were very impressive. The run game was definitely impressive. Um, I want to see Peters throw more. Uh, Michigan State beat Penn State and Ohio State lost to Iowa. So there are good things that could happen if we went out. Just looking forward to the future. Um, but I do think it's bright. Go Blue. Have a great day. All right. Thanks for that call, Ray. Uh, calling all the way from Tampa. Uh, yeah, good. Uh, share your general reaction of good things for sure. And I know that there wasn't a lot of passing. Talk more in detail about it, but obviously you don't need to pass a whole lot when you're running. Uh, when your running backs can put up 371 yards. Yeah. So <laughs> historic, almost a historic night. Uh, yeah, you're right. Just, uh, didn't really need much from Peters, but, uh, um, just being, I will say this though, you know, given it, it, maybe the, the word out there and I don't know if the, on TV showed, but there was like a thin layer of ice or not ice, but water there. You could see certain areas on the field that were, uh, uh pretty much puddles. So, yeah, I can understand. I knew more than likely this is more going to be on the ground level how this game's going to go. So, yeah. Yeah, and to continue a little bit of what Ray was saying to the offensive line having it, showing its struggles with pass protection, but vast improvement with the uh, run blocking first, uh, in the past couple of weeks against Rutgers in Minnesota. So that has been great to see. I mean, you don't have to be – a balanced team, but you need right. to have an identity. And yeah. right now, Michigan is showing its identity as being a run-first team, which, if it works, I'm not going to complain. Well, it's it's very Jim Harbaugh, too, though. I mean, this isn't new. This is what he was at Stanford. He's he's more of a run-first kind of guy, big, strong offensive line, push the pile, create holes. Open up the run game, and you know he he's he's the kind of guy that says, you know what, I'll pass, but that's to open up the running game, and he wants to use that and showed in this game. Yeah, for sure. So uh, thanks again for that voicemail. We will move along to the second caller. We've got two voicemails here. So hey, hey, hey. this is uh, Mr. Um, excuse me, Stephen Brown. So I can tell I'm not really feeling well. My voice is about 30% gone, but slowly but surely it's coming back out. I want to get right into it. Another another positive week, another identity-building week. Michigan is a running team. Um, they haven't always been a running team, but running the ball creates less opportunities for turnovers, especially when you have running backs who don't fumble a lot. Um I, I'm, I'm on Twitter. I, I just want to touch so much because I'm not going to make this a long one. I see some Michigan fans talking about, I want to see Peters throw, let him throw. I mean, a win is a win. It's a win. He can throw. Pep Hamilton said this week, they're simplifying the offense. They won by 23. Some Michigan fans, not a lot, but some are still complaining. I don't get it. It, it was dominant. Like, the defense got better. And Khalid Hudson, my goodness. I heard Jabril Peppers might have been at the game, but I, I was thinking he was in the number seven uniform the way he was playing. 
The husband balled out. Bush balls. Richard Gary still getting held. That's another story. Mohurst, well, I mean, these guys are really looking good. Minnesota's not a scrub. I also heard some Michigan fans say, well, let's see what they do against better competition. I mean, that's every week. Rutgers wasn't good enough, so let's play Minnesota. Minnesota's not good enough. So let's play, man, like Maryland is not that good either. So I guess, it, I mean, when, we, when they get to Wisconsin, we'll see what happens. I personally still think they're going to beat Wisconsin, maybe 28 to 13, 28 to 14. Wisconsin's not that good. They're very one-dimensional, as they've always been since I've been watching. Not to say they're not a good team. They're not very good. I don't think they deserve to be top ten. People talking about, you know, they, you know, they schedule five years in advance, schedule tougher teams. You know, you got five years, to, but that's another story. I don't think Wisconsin's that good. Ohio State lost, whatever, Penn State, whatever. Michigan will do all right, but I, I mean, back to Michigan. I think they did well. Um, I'm loving what I'm seeing from the running game. I'm loving what I'm seeing from a coaching standpoint. They're getting better every week. Peters, by the time they play Ohio State, they're going to win that game too. He's going to be ready. The kid has no fear in him at all. I mean, it shows you what they think about O'Corn. They put Malzahn in before him. So, <laughs> next year, you better get your licks in on Michigan now because next year is on. But I'm waiting to see what they do to finish out the year. 10-2 is still in reach, hopefully 11-2. But um, I like what I saw. Anybody having any complaints about running the ball? You know, as Minnesota, they would have rather Michigan throw on the ball. See what P.J. Flex tells Go Blue. Love the show, guys. Keep doing your thing. All right, and there is a second yeah. to go with that. So let me – here we go. Once again, it's me, fellas. I'm sorry. Last time I was I was clock checking. So, um, yeah, um, Mr. Stephen Durrell Brown, sorry about the voice once again. What I forgot to say on my in my first voicemail was I'm pretty sure you all have noticed, but this team is playing a lot better. And the offensive line is playing better. Putting Ruiz in there was a great move because, I mean, this guy, he just so versatile. He can play guard, center. I mean, I don't know. He might be able to play tackle. I don't know. The guy is just that good. <clears throat> the holes look um, to open up quicker. The running backs are hitting them. And it, it's just, I wish Kareem would have played. I'm not sure if he was nicked up or not. But these guys look a lot better as a team. Like, they're the only team other than, I mean, I'll just be real, Michigan State, that's in the conference that's improving each week, especially with guys who are, are underclassmen. In Ohio State, I believe they reached their peak. I think Penn State hit their apex in the Michigan game. I don't know if they'll lose another game, but I don't think they, I don't think they'll win the Big Ten. I don't know, but Michigan seems to be improving each and every week now, just learning each other, building their rapport and their chemistry, and this is going to go a long way to next year because I fully expect them to win the big next year and to be in the college football playoff and not embarrass the big like Michigan State and Ohio State have done thus far. <clears throat> but um, that's all I really wanted to, to add to it. Everybody's, everybody's looking better. The secondary looks better. With, well, Watson, he, he, he's still Watson, and McRae's still. Um, man, I can't wait he graduates. But other than that, this team is improving each week. Young, and, and it's so funny how the people who made fun of Michigan earlier about who who they have coming back aren't saying anything um, because the team has a 7-2 and two record, just like every team in front of them technically in that division. And Michigan's the youngest team in college football, 7-2. and two, So I'm going to stop doubting the staff. Well, maybe not Jeff, no, but I'll stop doubting most of the staff. How about that? Um, Pep still has something to prove, but – the future is, is 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 so bright. I mean, it's man. If these, if these guys can finish with ten wins, eleven wins, the next year, man. I mean, with this team as young as they are, next year is just gonna. I mean, we gotta start looking at next year as a, as a championship type of our year. Unlike Alabama, who who's losing guys, although they have five stars they can replace. Um, for the five stars they lose, Michigan has a lot of depth. And they're they're not keeping guys in there longer than they should be. This, this team is on they're on the rise. They're on the move. They're going to be really good this year, and they're going to be like next year. You don't get them now. You you're not going to get them next year. So all the people that do all that talking, the youngest team in college football might win ten or eleven games. Okay, away. That talk is going to come to an end real soon. 
All right. As always, thanks you, Stephen. And hey, I got I got some for you this week. There you go. <laughs> I remembered to put it on and have it accessible on the sound pad. Uh, thanks for the call, Stephen. As always. Um, you know, in almost any other week or earlier weeks in the season, I would have kind of guessed that uh, he was losing his voice because he was screaming at the TV over the game. But this week, along with last week, has been good, so there hasn't been as much to scream about. But, yeah. Um, but yeah, to, uh, that, that was pretty funny that his uh, first uh, voicemail was pretty much picking up right where we got where we left off about saying the identity of the Michigan team is its running game now. Yeah. Um, Get well, Stephen, by the way. Yes. Hope you're uh, getting better. And it's uh, actually, I think those calls came in today. So, um, yeah, I hope you're doing better and things get better for you. But uh, definitely agree with you. Great things to see. One thing that I will touch on briefly from what you said, then I'll hand it over to you, Craig. Uh, I did see some of the talk, too, where people were talking about wanting to see more of Peter's. And, you know, still finding things to complain about. Shocker, there are some people in the world that just focus on the negative and never the positive. Um, I will I will be one of those people that will admit that I would have liked if he had done more. Not complaining about it, but just, you know, since he's only had, uh, since this is his first official start, uh, was this game I had to think about for a second. It would have been nice to see him get more you know, in his groove, more comfortable with and everything, I think he'll do okay. Um, we saw that the pass uh, – well, first of all, you didn't see a lot of passing game because he didn't have to. But then even with the passing game, it wasn't, um, you know, that flashy because the offensive line is being more productive, run blocking than pass blocking and whoever he had back there. And you saw him get laid out the, the one time, and thankfully he was okay. Um, and Jim Harbaugh even kind of addressed it where, you know, I mean, you saw it where you had those long drives where they were running the ball and they didn't need to pass it, which, you know, until you get a comfortable lead, you don't really want to start experimenting. If you have something working, use it. Mm-hmm. And um, with how successful they were on defense and everything, he went through a long period of time where he wasn't passing the ball. So you don't want him to go out there and be cold and, you know, mess something up from not having passed the ball that much. So, I mean, it kind of makes sense. I'm just saying I would have liked to uh, him to have that opportunity, but I understand the circumstances of the weather and everything that uh, the game was won. Happy, not complaining about it, just a thought. So, Craig. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you said. Uh, I know, obviously, I wasn't able to get on Twitter very much, see what everybody was saying because of um, being at the big house, really almost impossible to tweet out because – it's just uh, bad reception there and just too many f- cell phones going up in the air. But, um, yeah, you know what? I'll I'll kind of squash a lot of those Twitter saying they want to see more Peters. There wasn't any play calls for Peters to throw down the field. Uh, so all the people that are asking for that, there was any. There wasn't any. So you can kind of, like, stop on that. There was no play calls for long bombs or – you know, anything over 25 yards. So you can also forget that. Um, it was pr- pretty evident of that. Um, I got a fe- I got a feeling, yeah, Peters was a little stiff in the game. Obviously, he had a great drive, drive in the beginning. But, uh, yeah, it, well, it, this was all running. Um, and you and I will touch on that uh, later on in the show. So Yeah, for sure. One thing that I will uh, want to say before taking the last voicemail, just because it pertains here and I don't want to forget is um, talking about the identity of the team being a running team and the focus on that. And even Steven mentioned, you know, simplifying things and simplifying the play calling and the game plan. It, it looks like that's what they're doing. And I know every fan, whenever they have a suggestion and uh, stuff like that, is always kind of like, Oh, I was right. I know they're doing why I said they should do because now it's working so on and so forth. But just saying from the standpoint, that's the way it looks like it's painting out because you're seeing them run the same play multiple times in a game now. Uh, Even uh, former, I think it was Jake Long pointed out. He was uh, active on social media. Great. He's always amazing. 
Yeah, and I think he even said, you know, that I, I don't know if it was in a row, but on the same drive, I think they played or ran uh, one play three times. Uh, so, so it's just like, you know, when it works, use it and don't overcomplicate it. So I, I wanted to put that in there before I forgot. Uh, but we do have one more voicemail here. Let's get that rolling here. Hey, guys, it's Kirby. <clears throat> just uh, following up on the Minnesota game. Uh, nice win, solid win. Running game was unbelievable. It was like two players with 200 yards or almost 200 yards. That was awesome. Higdon and Evans, that was great to see. Great to see the tight end get a get a touchdown pass. That was nice. McEwen, McKeon, whatever. I don't know. I'm sure I did that wrong. Anyways, um... Offensive line adjustment was was better. Peters got nailed a couple times. Um, just not a hundred percent there yet. The blocking was pretty good. Um, I gotta say that offensively, it it's, it almost seems like we spent the first half of the season looking back at it now. It's like they spent the first half of the season trying to be something that they weren't. And and now they're just being who they are without trying to be different. And, oh, geez, look how successful that was. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to translate over to better competition like Wisconsin and Ohio State, but um, – It'll be interesting to see how that goes against Maryland. Maryland is vastly better than they were last year. So it'll be interesting to see. Uh, defense was outstanding. Again, um, first half, first quarter was uh, a little bit nerve, nerve wracking. Um, but again, the second half adjustments, I think they held them to something like 36 yards in the second half, which was awesome. And uh, Peters, Peters played good. And uh, you know the the passing, the the checkdowns. It was great to see. Um, smart passing when he was passing when he wasn't when he wasn't uh, getting getting his bell rung. And that that one hit where he took his helmet off on the field. It was pretty scary. But, uh, yeah, very positive all around, uh, I think. And um, looking forward to see what happens next week in Maryland. And uh, have a good week. Go Blue. All right. Thanks, Kirby, for that. And uh, thanks again, everybody, for all the voicemails. Always appreciate it. Um, yeah, so, Craig, your reactions to the voicemail? Oh, he's absolutely right. I mean – and it's kind of really observant to say um, Michigan trying to be something that they're really not, you know, maybe that's maybe in a way Michigan was trying to, even with Wilton Spade at quarterback, trying to be that pass first, maybe run. And, and maybe this offensive line is built more, and we'll touch on this later. Is to, maybe it's built to block better for the running game than it is the off, uh, passing game. I mean, they both have to be very. You have to you have to block for both, but um, they did a good job of blocking for the running game, and it was pretty evident in this game. Yeah, yep. And it was interesting for him saying, you know, kind of like an identity crisis. You know, be, trying to be something that they're not. Because I can, I agree with that too. Because. Um, Something was wrong before, and I know that I I was actively saying, you know, uh, part of the problem was, uh, at least part of the problem was Drevno, and I know a lot of people share that. A big part of the problem, I don't know how much, was somewhere in the coaching, because it does seem like that, like they were trying to force a um, square peg through a round hole. You know, yeah. something kind of like that. And it's just like, you know, work to your strengths. Right. Uh, yeah. Kind of how you'll sometimes hear about the NFL teams that will get the 
fresh young quarterback out of college, and instead of trying to make them fit their scheme, they find the strengths of that quarterback and work their offense around that new quarterback. Um, right. You know, you can, it, it, sometimes you can be successful trying to make somebody fit a scheme, but most of the time you need to work around the strengths that you have and not try to make strengths out of weaknesses. And uh, that's kind of where we find ourselves now. So good to see and definitely a lot for us to touch on here uh, for this uh, game recap episode for Michigan versus Minnesota. And to mention before we start getting into all the breakdown and the stats and everything, um, Michigan finished 33 to 10. I was so close. So close. I had a final score of 31 to 10, two points off. Man, <laughs> yep. if it was spot on, I was going to be able to use that jackpot sound again. But uh, re- really close, really close. Yep. Been good. And let's see. I'll go through Lockett or Dumper here, I guess, really quick. Higdon will be the leading rusher. Both of us locked that. And it was a shootout there. Um, yeah, I know. Who would have thunk? Yeah, between Higdon and Evans. And Evans, you know, breaking some tackles, uh, edging some defenders off and making some big plays and uh, mm-hmm. doing some great stuff. Uh, almost two rushers at 200 yards. Uh, there had never been another time where Michigan had two running backs have that many yards apiece. Uh, it'd be really cool if they could have just said they'd never had two running backs break 200 yards in a game, but nine yards short, man. Oh. Yeah, nine yards short. Can you believe that? I know. <laughs> I kind of feel like somebody from the booth should have called down and been like, hey, yeah, put, exactly. Evans, put hey, Evans back in. Jump in. Yeah, go, dude, got to give him one more, at least one more. Yeah. <laughs> Get that nine yards. I know. I mean, come on. <laughs> come on, staff. Let's go. Yeah, so so close. But uh, other locker dump it. Um, Brandon Peters, <laughs> way off on this one. Brandon Peters will throw for over 200 yards. Good Lord. Yeah, considering that he didn't need to throw the ball really at all. Uh, still got passing touchdown this game. But uh, you locked it, Craig. I dumped it. Uh, obviously, that was – nobody could have quite expected that because everybody anticipated that. Un- under other weather conditions and situations that he would have been passing the ball right. more. Um, the Michigan defense will force more turnovers than the Minnesota defense. And I want to check. Yes, that is correct. Yep. I, I had to check to make sure because I didn't think we're tuning the ball over at all. But um, so good job defense. Uh, the defense has been really good, but turnovers haven't exactly been their specialty this year. So, uh, Craig, you liked that. I dumped it cause I thought we were going to go into, uh, tie them up or something like that. Yeah. So those are those numbers. Um, a few other numbers to kind of throw out you, uh, 427 total yards for Michigan, Minnesota, 164 yards total. So that being said, both Chris Evans and Kron Higdon rushing only had more yards than Minnesota yeah. in, individually. Right. Because yeah. uh, Evans' 191 yards is well over 164 total yards for Minnesota. So well done. Uh, defense totally stepping it up. Where was it? I saw it. I think was it uh, 39 Nope, I think it was 36 total yards in the second half for Minnesota. So, uh, great job there. Um, Michigan kind of showing it. Uh, Michigan, I feel like over the past, and I might have to go and crunch the numbers to make sure, but uh, third quarter always seems to be pretty decent for Michigan. You know, the halftime adjustments coming out, and then defense quite often, you know, shuts things down in the second half. So, yeah. uh, I. it's always nice to feel comfortable that uh, when your team is in it at halftime that they can come out and have a better or a really good performance in the second half. But, uh, Craig, some of your thoughts and uh, any stats from this game? Um, yeah, I mean, what a what an effort. Uh, it was pretty um, evident. You know, I thought Peters came out really great. He had some good touch on the ball. I thought 
his pass to McKeon was uh, pretty amazing. I don't know if they showed it on camera, but uh, um, you could see that that left side of the field was wide open. They had the three on one, uh, and it is so clear. And then when he we, he was going to throw it, that uh, there's no way that he wasn't getting in. <laughs> so, um, so all he had to do was two guys had to block one guy and. He was waltzing in, but it was a great vision, you know, seeing the whole field and seeing not straight in front of him, but he actually was able to see to the far left of the field and able to see that and just did a great job of just a good touch on the ball, giving it to him. And, you know, I will talk about Peters right away uh, in this game. I thought Peters played really did pretty well. I mean, he didn't, he didn't need to play great. He played well and, and I think it came, you know, obviously he took a couple of good shots. Uh, one of them was really, really quite uh, bad. I'm not sure if a running, uh, running one of the running backs missed a block on that, but uh, uh, he took a shot. But that's what I told you, and you know, talking about going back to Peters in the spring game, was he took shots, and is he able to come back through something like that and keep calm and cool and collected? But uh, I think the weather, he's a little bit stiff during the game, you know, and I thought a couple passes he missed. He didn't overthrow him, but it was more of like just off a little bit. And I think just because I think he got his bell rung a couple times, maybe he's a little bit uh, uh, tough on throwing, you know, throwing it at times. But uh, I thought he did just fine. I thought, you know, that you can uh, – you, clearly see that the, they were going to throw the ball down the field very much. It's going to be very quick throws, uh, very uh, slants, a couple hooks, things like that. Um, and Peters, if I were just talking about him in general, I thought he did pr- pretty well as, you know, with the handoffs did really, really well. So um, yeah, overall, I think Peters, not bad. I mean, he only had 56 yards passing, but that's all he need. He just, he didn't need to do very much because they're running, running backs did great so yeah uh eight for 13 uh 61 and a half percent uh completion percent like you said just 56 yards nothing flashy at all but uh you know he did what he needed to do no turnovers um and uh nothing really where he held on to the ball too long i mean i think there was one time where it seemed like he held on to it for a while but even when he got uh, knocked down that, uh, like it was said in one of the voicemails, that was a blocking error and, um, the guard just got beat and he got laid out. So, um, I'll go back to saying it and kind of what we were talking about before and how some people were like, Oh, Peter should have been passing more. Eh, meh, whatever weather conditions it is what it is. I think Maryland will work out. Okay. I mean, Maryland, I don't know exactly where would put them. They're definitely better, in my opinion, than uh, Rutgers. Even though, if I'm not mistaken, they just lost to Rutgers. Yeah, they did. Um, but they, I mean, they've they've got talent, and everything. But they're struggling with a lot of different things, especially with injury and especially at the quarterback position. But they're a good team, and then also it's going to be on the road, so it'll be interesting to see. I'm just hoping for normal weather conditions. So so that we don't have to take that into account for anything. But I do wonder, and I said it last time, and I'm not skeptical, but I do kind of wonder with it, and I don't know, uh, I think we all kind of share the same feeling towards Wisconsin where it's just like, yeah, it's Wisconsin. I think it's going to be more of a tough part about it being on the road than the fact that it's going to be playing the team Wisconsin because – I think it was Steven talking about how they're pretty one-dimensional and everything, and they have not faced a team like Michigan yet, especially defensively. Right. Um, and yeah, they're a passing team than, than now they are than running. And that's really strange for being Wisconsin, being a – usually they're more of a running team. than. But, yeah, they got a pretty good quarterback. So Yeah, and, of course, we'll talk more in depth about that game when it comes up. But I do – wonder and maybe it doesn't come to it this year maybe it doesn't maybe michigan's identity is the running game and they are going to be um so solid with that moving forward 
that they don't really need to pass the ball that much, and that would be great. That would be amazing, and Peters just does his job, and the team continues to win. And that being said, I do think that the team is continuing to grow and get better, which is awesome at this time of the year because in the past couple years, we have seen almost the exact opposite. Either you see the team plateau or you see them begin to falter. And I know usually it's a little bit later in the month of November, but I feel like it's moving in the right direction. Because last year, you know, you kind of felt things, uh, you didn't feel that momentum, you know, in the month of November. And then especially with everything that happened at Iowa and then how things ended against Ohio State. Um, But it feels different in the month of November this year than it has previously where uh, the team is continuing to get better. And you see that in a lot of teams uh, in college football, but you just haven't seen that for Michigan recently. And so that's something that I'm excited about. Yeah, me too. Just seeing them know their identity is they're in, in their offensive line blocking, which is great. Uh, I will have to say, um, y- you know, a little bit concerning is it interesting how the team is very did really well with blocking and having uh, Ruiz move over to the guard, which was interesting because on when you, and when you was out with an injury and then Ruiz did a pretty good job. <laughs> Usually he's at center. If, I mean, usually that's his position, but him going to guard, it looks like he did pretty well. Um, uh, seeing the, the freshman guy come in there and do pretty well. Um, but um, I will say that uh, it is interesting to see how they did. They do so well with the running game and blocking, but yet the passing O-line had some quite a bit of struggles. In fact, that was timing. And you and I, you know, you brought up that stat about Peters, let's go with the ball a little bit, you know, around the two-second, two-and-a-half-second mark. Um, this was right at that moment. It was about two, two-second, two-and-a-half seconds that O-line was blocking for Peters. So it's a little concerning because that's way – to me, that is you. You got to block better than that, and you know, a lot of times he, you know, he got crushed. And I thought there were times, you know, I think the one that he held on the ball a little bit too long. He's waiting for his guy to get open, and he just wasn't, and so he took the hit. But uh, I will say that Peters, in a crummy kind of crummy weather, crummy field, didn't turn the ball over. Held on to the ball when he got hit. There's a couple times even I screamed before. He even got hit. I go, watch out. <laughs> like he's going to hear me, but um, <laughs> I could see it from a mile. And I was like, oh, Lord, he's going to get hit. But um, uh, it, it, for him to hold on the ball and not throw an interception or something like that is pretty good for a guy who's only had his first start. So, Yeah, absolutely. So um, some kind of interesting things here that I'm going to throw in uh, that I've come across – and I know it's not specifically pointed to this game, but for the season, um, whenever Michigan rushes for double-digit um, first downs, so like for more than nine first, uh, ten or more first downs, uh, getting them by rushing, uh, they've won every single game. Mm-hmm. There have been four games that they haven't, and two of those have been their losses. Uh, also kind of an interesting this just – to point out there were no turnovers for Michigan this game. The only other game that Michigan has done that was the Indiana game. Yep. And do, do, do uh, Oh no, that wasn't Peter's numbers. Okay. I, I thought I had another number there though. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good to see, all of this happening now, and I'm really excited about the The team just seems, I don't know. We saw where the defense was struggling there, too, for a little bit, where it just seemed like the whole team was leaning on the defense. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. don't feel, and obviously you don't feel that anymore, especially when you have two games back-to-back like we have with the offensive or offense successes we have, especially with the at the running back position. And the thing is, is the offensive line did a really good job of opening up the holes. And, um, and this game was pretty much primed for Michigan to run all over Minnesota. And I will say, um, I will give 
well, Michigan deserves all the credit in the world for this, you know, for blocking, even have to give Jerevno a little bit of credit and Pep Hamilton on that. Um, but I will say also Minnesota really had a hard time uh, tackling. I mean, they really did. There's times where they had Higdon dead to rights and he just, he had vision. He had, he kept moving his legs and they just couldn't hold on to him. There's a couple of times I said, you had these guys down and they were breaking tackles left and right. So, and I have to give it to Michigan running backs because they kept their legs moving and they kept going and Minnesota, you know, Minnesota in this game, if you look at it in the beginning, Minnesota got away from what they should have done. Um, what they did was they did a pretty good job of, uh, doing misdirections, um, a lot of read options uh, with the quarterback, so you really had a hard time whether he was running it or not. Um, they ran to the outside, was very successful. There's a lot of times, uh, you know, I was getting a little bit miffed that they couldn't get outside to get these guys. You know, we were too busy tracking them down. But they threw a, a few times in the beginning of the first quarter, and it was burning Michigan quite a bit. And they got away from that. And to tell you the truth, Minnesota doesn't have a quarterback. They just don't. They don't have any. They don't have a quarterback that's Big Ten quality. Um, it's just it's bad. It's not flex fault, but uh, they just don't have a quarterback that's very good. And once they do, they're going to be a pretty good team. So. Oh yeah, I'm sure that uh, things will improve for them as uh, time goes on. Because uh, flex flex a good coach. I don't know if anyone at well yeah i'm sure certain people did especially for minnesota thought that he could come in there and rejuvenate things right away but yeah they're they're in a odd place this year but uh on michigan's side i know that everyone's kind of talked and addressed the red zone issues before and michigan was able to help michigan helped itself and hurt itself this week uh, kind of interestingly enough, because uh, the 20-yard pass, uh, red zone score, there was a five-yard run, uh, one of Higdon's touchdowns, uh, red zone score. But then three other touchdowns were from outside the red zone. So, yeah. you know, miss, missing out on that opportunity to be able to help improve those red zone numbers. Can't really complain, though, uh, because those were awesome. I mean, we're talking about a 77-yard run a 60-yard run, and a 67-yard uh, touchdown run as well. So uh, I think it's safe to say that not that Michigan doesn't have any red zone issues anymore, but it's not uh, nearly close to the concern that was more towards the beginning of the year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was – boy, everybody get in, got in on the – on that game, man. I mean, some big plays, big run plays by our running backs. And um, it, it, it was good to see Evans get out there and change it pace back, giving Hignan a little bit of breather and him just breaking tackles too and just ran with vision. And uh, it was really, really, really good to see. Uh, some of the blocking was really good. Uh, like I said, it was good to see Ruiz move over to the guard position. But, uh, yeah, I mean, receivers – didn't really fare because Perry was out. So that was kind of limited us in the slot position, um, you know, DP, DPJ, um, people's Jones did. Okay. Not bad. I think Peters had, you know, missed him on a good throw. Uh, Sean Lee got to see him in this game, which is really, really cool to see. Um, he had a great practice at Michigan. Um, so it was good to see that guy in there. I think Mich uh, I think Jim Harbaugh is going to use that guy because I think he's got really, really good hands. Uh, I think one of the passes just out of reach. But um, th that'll get better in time. Trust me, you know, he's got to work on the timing with these receivers. They're new. He's new. <laughs> so I'm kind of giving him a pass on all that. But, uh, yeah, great, great job on the offense. Just excellent. Yeah, and so then also to talk about the defense. Oh, yeah. And was it the defense or was it just Kalik Hudson all <laughs> over the place? Man, he vipered. He was a viper crazy maniac in this game, man. He beast mode out. <laughs> yeah, what a performance. Yeah. I know that there's been a little bit back and forth on his official numbers, like by a one, uh, one or two here or there. But uh, 13 tackles, 11 yeah. of them solo, 
two for loss. Yeah, thirteen tackles for a loss. Yeah. Yeah, two sacks, uh, six and a half tackles for loss. Yeah, so. I mean, he was all over the place, and and they were even talking about it during the game. It's just like you know, when you don't have to worry about being in an assignment and everything. Once you read the play and know what's going on, right? He is fast, and he is good. Yep, yep. He was, yeah, he was all over that field. In fact, you can tell the adjustment at halftime coming out that Don Brown used him to, you know, blow up and get in, get in blitz and get in there quickly because they knew this is what Don Brown knew. He knew darn well that they can't pass. <laughs> They're not going to pass. They had more successful time running the ball and man, good halftime adjustment coming out and Don Brown just uh, unleashed Hudson. <laughs> and trust me, Hudson's going to do great on this Don Brown uh defense because he likes the blitz and you saw that yeah and uh in comparison there's two for minnesota they had three sacks michigan had five and for tackles for loss minnesota had five and michigan had a total of 13 for the team yeah. So spending a lot of time in the backfield there uh, was the Michigan defense. So, yeah, they just rolled. They, um, you know, a lot of times in the beginning, I think the first quarter they were really in a way struggling because I think Minnesota was doing a lot of misdirections. So, and plus the quarterback was, you know, had some success running the ball too. So, um, and they made adjustments and came out and they just they they shut it down and said, you know what you're going to do is you're going to have to pass on us to uh, to win this ball game. And you know, unfortunately, I'm not sure why Minnesota didn't start going back to the pass. Probably because their quarterback isn't very good. They just they aren't known for that. Uh, Fleck knows it. It's not his fault, but uh, it's just the way it is. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, here are some uh, numbers as well for where Michigan ranks offensive, uh, offensively and defensively now after this weekend's game. Uh, offense, let's see, scoring offense overall is 73rd. Um, for total offense, 86th. Their run offense is, kind of, is uh, getting up there at 29th. But the pass offense is sitting at 113th. So, big drop there. Uh, Moving to the defense, though. Scoring defense is 11th. um, And if you take that one off the board, everything else for Michigan is top 10 for defense. Total defense is third. Yards per play is third. Running defense is seventh. Um, Pass defense is first. Great numbers there. Awesome job at defense. And offense is just improving as the season goes. Uh, well, except for potentially the passing offense. But when you have a running game, always go back to it and always will say it. When you have a running game as successful as this, you don't really have to worry about that passing game that much. No, you don't. And you didn't need to. In fact, there wasn't really any play calls in that this game that showed that they were going to throw the ball very far so a lot of people maybe were saying i want to see the long ball there weren't any plays directed towards that so he might also just wiped that out it wasn't it wasn't going to be that way there wasn't any you know uh long routes geared towards that um i don't think that's where we're at now in in these games i don't think we're going to have the long ball very much going forward i just don't i don't think we have the team the we don't have Tariq Black in in this in that kind of position to do that, but uh, I don't think our receivers are at that point yet. Next year, I believe they will, and I think trust me, I think Michigan be successful if you stick with with Peters does the simple quick passes like you're talking about, very simple and and use you know ten yard routes, fifteen yards, and he'll be just fine. So uh, and I I'm all right I'm all right with that because guess what our identities in the running game and then the passing game just opens up holes. Yeah, no, absolutely. I will say this though. I don't think 
the long ball is completely gone. I mean, I know you're saying that it's not going to happen a whole lot. Um, I think it'll hang around. I think there will be specific times that they pull out of the bag, but they don't really need to do much with it. Um, Mm -hmm. But part of the reason why I think that the long ball will make an appearance here every once in a while, especially to try to burn some teams, is because... Oh, there it is. Do you remember what made its appearance again once this week? Yeah, the train did a couple times, didn't they? Uh, I perhaps yeah. I know yeah. I had a little bit of an issue with my stream, uh, so there were a couple times where I missed a player or two, which really aggravated me. But yeah, it definitely made its appearance at least once uh, for this game versus Minnesota. So and it forced them to call timeout. So hey, I guess that's yeah. successful in its own way. But it was good to see, and, and that's kind of the thing too, where it's just like Michigan got its mojo back. Right, you know they yeah. hadn't play, called that play, and it almost felt like not that they have to call it every game, but just where, you know, that's something that Michigan did last year mm-hmm. when they were on their streak, and you know it was kind of missing. So it was nice to see that come back, and I think they'll do. I think they'll have some stuff. I don't know if necessarily you would put trick plays, but some stuff up their sleeves. They'll they'll be holding on to something, I think, especially with that long ball for a, like a perfect time and just No, I agree. To open up the to open up that yeah, push back that secondary, yeah, they're gonna need to do it. So and I think the long ball will be more I don't think sideline the sideline, I think it'll be up towards the middle like you're talking about. Um I feel like Peters is more of that kind of guy. I don't think we have the long ball from, you know, sideline to sideline kind of guy. But, uh, yeah, you're going to need to do that to, op- you know, push back that secondary from moving up. But uh, there's a lot of that in that game. There's like maybe five, ten yards out. But Minnesota's secondary did move uh, move back out when Peters started throwing the ball a little bit more, which was great to see. But, uh, yeah, it's um, we'll see. Yeah, we will see. Uh, any other thoughts? Yeah, I do. Let me let me ask you a question on um, what do you think about what's happening with Nordine and his uh, and the kick in special teams? You know, what are your? I, I know special teams struggled in this game, um, so that's a little bit interesting to see and how that's struggling with with this Michigan team. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to go back to this and use it as a crutch all the time. Weather wasn't exactly ideal for this game and everything. But he's performed at such a high level and is still his first year out there on the field. So I hope it gets back to the reliable level it was earlier in the season for the last two regular season games just because it will be nice to hold on to that and know that you have that dependability. Not saying that he's not dependable anymore, but there have been a couple miscues here or there. Uh, I'm at, at this time, I'm not crazily um, crazy worried about it. Yeah, I'm not either. I, and I kind of agree with you. I think Nordine's kind of going through a little bit of funk. Maybe it's a freshman funk, but uh, he's new too. I mean, we got lots of new people on here, and you know what? You know, he just got to keep going and you know, get his regain his confidence back. And uh, he's going to be a great kicker here. He's just uh, uh, trust me when you've seen all those fans there. <laughs> it's a crummy game. Um, yeah, it wasn't a really ideal conditions for him, but. Uh, He'll get there. Uh, we just got to be patient. Next year, I think he'll do really, really well. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so then before we end things, definitely kind of want to talk about other things going on with the Big Ten over the weekend. Um, do Hold on. Oh, where is it? I forgot I have this. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. Uh, number nine, Wisconsin, was at Indiana. It was close for a little while before Wisconsin pulled away and finished at 45-17. to 17. Um, Delayed game between Penn State and Michigan State in East Lansing, where Penn State uh, wound up losing 27-24. to 24. Oh, And Illinois was at Purdue, 
where Purdue got another win, a final score of 29 to 10. Like we mentioned earlier, uh, Rutgers got another win, and that was over uh, Maryland, uh, 31 to 24 for Rutgers there. Northwestern won in overtime again, uh, this time on the road against Nebraska, final score 31 to 24. And the uh, really big shock of uh, at least what the score was and everything kind of saw things developing throughout the day. Uh, Iowa took down Ohio State at home, number six Ohio State at home. I uh, kind of saw that developing, but then they were they put up 55 points against Ohio State, and really it was 55-17 uh, before a late score. So, yeah. I mean, that tells you what did that? What did we? I've been saying this forever, man. Don't play Iowa. Kenley, you even said Iowa's a bad team to play at You know, I mean, I know it wasn't at night, but just at Kenley, it just can. Kinnick Stadium is just a bad place to play, man. Yeah, yep. And people are saying, you know, specific to the month of November. Yeah. And just very, very crazy. I mean, they and JT Barrett hadn't uh, thrown an interception in so long, and I think he threw two or maybe three or something in that game. Well, it seems that everybody's harping on the whole – when JT Barrett has an incredible game, he was absolutely outstanding against Penn State. The guy was money. And then he has this kind of game. He's bad. And it's like, you know, I'm always going, what What do you do? Do you you, you say Heisman winner, a Heisman guy, not Heisman guy now? And I'm like, well, it's against the teams you play, you know. And, you know, even Saquon Barkley didn't have a very good game against Michigan State. I'm not sure they even used him that much. So, but yeah, it uh, it is interesting how this Heisman's going because I really don't have a person who's a lead candidate right now. <laughs> oh, so. yeah, that'll be interesting. We'll probably touch on that more uh, mm-hmm. with some other episodes coming up. I will say this, and I think it was Stephen that was saying in the voicemails about how young Michigan is. Uh, it was brought up again, and I remember. Uh, it being talked about last year after Mich- Michigan lost to Ohio State and a lot of uh, mocking and trash talk going on about you're losing all your guys and you guys are going to have to face the exact same Ohio State team, basically, except for Zeke Elliott. Right. Um, so you guys are going to – and people already talking a year ago about Ohio State crushing Michigan again. And then you see something like that happen Saturday. And on the opposite side of how well Michigan is doing right now, granted, yeah, level of competition. um, And also just the magic curse that is Connect Stadium. But uh, but it's interesting to see. I mean, they're they're moving right along. So I am. I, I have no doubt that Michigan can win every single game. Uh, for the regular season moving forward, the question is, will they? So we will have to see. And, of course, I think we'll learn the most from the Wisconsin game. But that will be coming up here before you know it. So, Yeah, I mean, Wisconsin's, wow. Have they now moved into the lead? <laughs> and now you've got you got such a race going from Michigan State now to Ohio State to even Michigan's now in it. And it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yep. You've got uh, Michigan State and Ohio State at five and one. Penn State and Michigan at four and two in the conference. But Michigan State and Ohio State play this week coming up. So one of them is going to drop to five and two. Yep. And Michigan plays Maryland. Penn State plays who this week? They play Rutgers this week. Not like they have much of a – see, that's another thing, too. That's just – you know, you get all this excitement stuff at the, end of, at the end of the season and everything. Michigan plays Ohio State. Everybody else doesn't do squat, man. Oh, I know. Um, Penn State plays Rutgers, then Nebraska, then Maryland. Yeah. You know, yeah. what – you know, kill me now. <laughs> but then uh, Michigan State – plays yeah they play Ohio State but then they play Maryland then Rutgers right yeah 
and Michigan's last two games are at Wisconsin and hosting Ohio State. So yeah, how about that? Jeez, old Pete's man, that's yeah. not pretty brutal. Anyways, we'll probably talk more about that. Um, we should be doing. I know we missed it last week, uh, but we should be doing an episode this week talking about the college football playoff rankings and some other standings and things like that. Probably talk about the um, standings in the uh, Big Ten East and all that stuff. So um, we will go ahead and finish it off there. And we will leave you with some contact information. As always, you guys can email us at bluebrothersportscast at gmail.com. Active on Twitter all the time at bluebros underscore Caleb or underscore Craig can easily find us and the voicemail. If you guys ever want to call and leave a voicemail, always happy to take that. Uh, the number to call is five, five, one, two, five, eight, three, two, seven, six. Easy to remember five, five, one blue bro. So thanks again to Ray, Steven and Kirby for this episode's voicemails and anything before we go, Craig. Nope, just a great win by Michigan and in uh, these that terrible weather we had, but a great win. Uh, congratulations to uh, Cleet Hudson, uh, Higdon, uh, Evans. Great job that game. Uh, just a well-played game. Great performance yep. at home. And then this next one coming up is going to be on the road, but we will talk about that more later. Thank you guys for tuning in and listening this week. We will catch up with you later and finish with Go Blue. Go Blue.